0: Thank you.
1: Welcome to the Everything Went Black Podcast. Just got back from tour, uh, getting back into the grind, and uh, just catching up on stuff. So um, I'm real happy to get this uh, episode out to you guys with uh, Lenny Smith, the vocalist for Atriarch, uh, one of my favorite bands. And if you guys pay attention to my year-end lists, I have always have something by Atriarch um, on there. If they have a record that comes out most likely it will be on my top five of the year so um yeah lenny and i had a really cool conversation but uh yeah tour was great it was um pretty brutal grueling drives uh we weathered some snowstorms, mechanical failures wipeouts on black ice to get to the shows to get to you guys to deliver the intensity so um So, yeah, man, we made it. Uh, 1349 were awesome. They kicked ass every single night. Full of hell. Great band. And um, everyone was really cool. It was one of those tours where everyone was uh, awesome to be around and there was uh, no squeaky wheels bumming everyone out. A lot of tours, there's always like one guy who, um, you know, turns out to be not the coolest person in the world to see every day. But this tour didn't have any of those people. Everyone was cool, everyone had a great attitude, and everyone supported each other out on the road. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing those guys again real soon in the future. April 1st is the release date for our new EP, All Empires Fall. The interesting thing about this is that uh, we actually own the recording and are licensing the mechanical production of that to relapse. So... Uh, the vinyl is going to be sold through Relapse and, um, you can head over to their site to, uh, pre-order the vinyl. And, um, it looks really cool. You know, once again, we, uh, you know, really work hard on making the visual presentation something that we feel really good about. And, um, this was no exception. I'd like to thank Val Noir for coming up with an awesome record cover. It's beautiful. And, uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, I highly recommend you check it out. Just, Visually take it in; it's uh, pretty mind blowing. You might have seen his artwork on the uh, Black Anvil record, um, Merrimack, Blue Douse, Nord. It's everywhere. You know he's um, he's a pretty prolific guy. Now this is the kind of stuff I always forget to talk about. Um, if you want to find me on uh, Instagram, um, Mike underscore Hill underscore Primate. And, um, that's just all personal stuff that's going on. Um, when, we're on, when I'm on tour, it's, uh, tour photos, uh, videos, you know, coffee related stuff, um, you know, training, stuff like that. And, uh, Savage Gold Coffee also has an Instagram. So you can find Savage Gold Coffee on Instagram as well. Also give us a like on Facebook. Everything went black on Facebook. Give us a couple likes. All the episodes get posted on there. A uh, bunch of new photos, things like that, uh, interesting articles, anything that we find or I find that's uh, cool, uh, usually gets posted on there as well. You can also follow me on Twitter at Mike Hill HQ. And anyone that's interested in sponsoring uh, the podcast, um, you know, for a couple episodes, if you have a product or a business that you're kicking off, you want to advertise on Everything Went Black, you can just reach out to me uh, at mike hill at com, or you can send me a Facebook message either through Everything Went Black Facebook or my own personal Facebook page and uh, we can work something out. You'd be surprised how cheap it is to advertise on Everything Went Black Podcast. This episode and every episode is brought to you by Savage Gold Coffee. If you dig coffee, check out Savage Gold, savagegoldcoffee.com, and uh, place your order. I'm running a special on the brand new Blue Monday Roast, which is a Peruvian bean. You can pick that up in one of the cool mugs at a sort of discounted price. Also, if you want to have a pound of coffee delivered to you directly every month, I urge you to join the Savage Gold Coffee Alliance. You pay a fee, you get coffee every month, you never have to go without. Before we get started, I just wanted to um, run down our affiliate sponsors. Um, We got On It, which is something I use every day, Um, into the krill oil, uh, the strong bone for joint recovery. Uh, A lot of the stuff I do takes a wear and tear on your elbows and knees, so um, I've been into the strong bone lately. You can order this stuff if you go to everythingwithblackmedia.com and just hit the uh, sidebar banner, and it takes you to the website. One of the things I use every single day is my Dazasara bag. I carry that around me every day. That, my fanny pack, I got a bunch of other stuff. Top of the line, durable, antimicrobial. If you're into in, into that stuff, check it out. Same thing, go to the website, hit the portal, place your order. You help me out. I get to wet my beak, keep the lights on, keep things moving forward. That's what it's all about. So, uh, the first time I heard Atriarch was with the the split with Alaric. Um, you know, I've been a fan of uh, Dead and Gone for a long time, and I heard there was a new band that had you know the singer. And uh, it turned out, even though I loved Alaric, I actually liked your guys' side a lot better. So, uh, so when when did um, Atriarch actually? Uh, when did you guys form?
0: Um, Well, first of all, second, thanks, man. That's a huge compliment. I love Alaric. and was also a huge fan of Dead and Gone. And actually, I think our second or third show was with them um, because Nick and Chio go way back, and Chio and Rick are together, and Rick's the bass player. Um, But, like, 2009, we've been playing since 2009, um, and me and Max kind of put the band together um, with the idea of incorporating uh, our more eclectic tastes into like a a heavier
1: style of music. Now, it's heavy, but more like in kind of an emotional sense. It's not (laughs) necessarily like um, you know, this I mean, it's heavy, but it but more, like, I'm saying, like, the vibe is heavier. It's not like there's, like, crushing guitars and, like, thunderous drums. It's, like, the whole atmosphere of the band, the heavy right, and yeah. dark, like, sort of comes to mind. Yeah, no real, real dark. Max used to play in Final Conflict, is that correct? Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's, uh, Ron, our mutual friend Ron Martinez pointed that out to me.
0: Oh, right, yeah, Ron books you guys, too. Yeah, yeah,
1: and, uh... So, yeah, he was, like, telling me that, oh, yeah, you know, um, you know he, and, he and Max go way back when they played together in Final Conflict. So, um, Final Conflict obviously sounds a lot different than what Atriarch is. So, it's like, what was the sort of common, you know, commonalities between, between you
0: guys? Well, I mean, uh, I think I met Max years before we started playing. Um, he was DJing, and he was DJing, like, wicked black metal as well as things like the Swans and Sisters of Mercy and Christian Death, so you know, I just approached him. It was like, I gotta meet this guy. He's in all the same stuff as me, and I didn't even know that he was in Final Conflict till years later. He um, did in Get Hustle at the time. Oh, okay. The band he was playing with. You know, it's so,
1: it's I, funny because, um, I mean, are are you a fan of black metal? Like, do you like black metal? A lot?
0: Some of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really in that. To any one genre yeah. per se I think that most genres are crap I mean most music really like music as much as I love it I hate it uh, it, it all <laughs> you know it all starts to sound the same and, and drive me a little bit crazy but yeah I mean there's 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 a bunch of black metal out there that I just think is, is fantastic really passionate dark inspirational music and then you know, for every one of those bands, there's another 10 that sound exactly like the next band. They're just derivative and boring. One, one of the biggest bum-outs about black
1: metal is the sort of uh, embracing of Satanism because uh, Satanism to me is always kind of this, like, funny... Um, oh, yeah, it's laughable. I mean, it's the same thing as Christianity
0: pretty much. Well, li- literally it is the same. I mean, in some ways <laughs> yeah. it's
1: just an inversion of Christianity and, you know... I, you know, a lot of these black metal guys talk about, you know, anti-Christianity, but, you know, by embracing Satan, you're sort of acknowledging the existence of Christ and all of the mythologies surrounding the Christian religions. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I always found it more interesting when, um, you know, the, the original guys that played, you know, the second wave, if you will, uh, where they were more into, you know, the sort of pagan ideas of, um, of religion. You
0: know? Oh yeah, well I can actually relate with that. I mean, paganism is, is, is pretty cool in my book. What? Christianity and Satanism are stupid. Well, that
1: kind of leads into like some of the other things I want to talk about. Was um, you know, I'm a big lyric reader, and um, you know, a lot of your lyrics have like a pretty heavy like overtone to them as far as um, you know. I mean, even the titles of the records, you know what I mean? There's, like, a very strong vibe of uh, the transformation of the physical form, you know? And uh, I just want to talk about that a little bit. Like, what are some of the inspirations for that?
0: Well, I mean, my whole life, I guess, I've been pretty obsessed with death and reincarnation. And not only the darker side of it, but the lighter side of it, the acceptance of it. and and the inevitability of it. And, uh, you know, honestly, I've, over the years, managed to have a, I don't know if managed is the right word, but, you know, I became uh, rather intimate uh, with death and, you know, very uh, close. Uh, My father passed away, my mother passed away. I've had several close friends pass away. And and I think that the older you get, the more and more death becomes a part of your life and, and the more... Familiar, we get with it, and I, and I think that the more comfortable with it, the less afraid of it we can be, and that's kind of uh, it's just been really important to me for, for a long time. Like being accepting of death and kind of letting it in a little bit, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, because like when you're when you're 18 years old, 20 years old, you feel like you have all this time in the world, right? And, and uh, you know, there's like this never ending stream of time that you can just ride out and uh, once you hit like you know I'm in my 40s so you you hit that, that sort of midway point of your life and you're like wow man if I live to be 80 years old more than half of my life is over with and then you kind of get into that vibe of like anxiety and then you have to sort of figure out a way to Live your life without that crushing anxiety of death.
0: Absolutely, man. Totally. And, and the, the the more we accept it, I think, and the less we fear it, the easier that burden becomes. The um you know what, some of the so you're talking
1: about reincarnation. So do you th- believe like what are what are your beliefs about that?
0: Well, I mean, it's something that I'm really interested in. Like, I, I wouldn't say that I, I straight up believe it um, because there, there's, there's also uh, a collective conscious that, that I think could be also explained as people having memories of past lives and things like that, you know, that everything that's ever been thought or done is just out there in the ether and that certain people can tap into it and certain people can. Um, the idea of time not being linear and that we're already dead, you know, therefore being born is being reborn because it's already happened and it's, it's going to keep happening. Um, but that's like some Stephen Hawkins shit, but, it, you know, it's super interesting to me uh, that our perception of time, it, you know, as, as a linear thing is, isn't necessarily how it passes and that it's flawed. But, you know, as far as, like, coming back as a dog or a fly or like another person i don't necessarily
1: believe that i think that's kind of ridiculous yeah i tend to agree with you on that i think (laughs) more more like realistically i mean you know this is like our consciousness just sort of gets shattered into this like infinite number of pieces and then ends up into this big pool of energy and then that manifests in some other part of the universe maybe you know like yeah,
0: that exactly, that's that's the collective conscious.
1: Yeah, like that seems more more reasonable to me than, you know, some sort of like you know, karmic accumulation and that you know, you either move into a higher level or or a lower level. You know, you come back
0: as like a, a bug or something like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you know, at the same time I feel like in our lifetimes we experience several reverts you know, every time you go through a major change or, you know, something that changes your life, that that in a sense can, can be a, a rebirth or a reawakening or a new beginning you know, within however long our lifespan is. Yeah.
1: So it turns out that we also have another uh, mutual friend. We have uh, Fade Kaner
0: uh, a friend of yours, too. And, oh, yeah. I love Fade. He's fantastic. You know, Fade's playing in, in uh, tombs now. I do. I
1: know that. Yeah, um, I can't wait to hear the new stuff. Actually, you know what, man? I'll send you, uh, I'll send you the whole thing. I mean, it's going to be awesome. out. It's going to be out in a couple months. April first, I believe, is the uh, formal release date of the new, uh, the new record. And uh, it's only. Yeah, I'll,
0: I'll keep it under wraps. Yeah, yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> it's only five songs. Cool. You know, but Fade is like, you know, pretty key in whatever, you know, changes of sound and sort of transformation we did, he was like
0: a, a big element in that. No, that's that's super exciting. Um, you know, I first heard the telus, uh because they were on seventh roll, and that was, uh, you know, Scott put out our first two records, at least the vinyl releases of our first two records. And then, you know, I met the guy uh, when we played at uh, St. Vitus, and then he sent me some Static Bloom tracks, and that stuff is just incredible, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he let us stay. When Baron Harvest uh, played up there, he let us stay with him. So then I actually got to spend more time with him and hang out with him. And he's just a really talented, incredible person.
1: I know you guys have toured out to the East Coast at least once. Was just the one time. Just that one time? Yeah. Was that on your own, or did you come out with somebody yeah. else? Yeah,
0: that was uh, that was a headlining tour for us. Damn, I mean, that's... We did a, a few shows with Sea of Bones. They helped us get some shows on the East Coast, like maybe four or five, but, you
1: know, m- most of it was just us. Yeah, it's, it's brutal touring
0: in the States
1: as, like, on your own, man, like, without a package or something like that, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I kind of hate doing it, like, headlining, you know, it's... It's like, uh, how was how the show? I, I wasn't at the Vitus show. I've never seen you guys live, which is like a real bummer. And uh, I'm looking forward to checking you guys out at some point. Or even
0: maybe us our two bands going on the road somehow. Would be uh, like. I would love that. Um, I think that if we did a bi-coastal thing, it might be a little bit smarter than trying to do a national tour. Because uh, driving through the, the Midwest can be just completely miserable. And the South, too, really. Yeah. So,
1: I was up close and personal with those regions of the country just a few weeks ago. <laughs> right. Yeah, we were,
0: we we're out in that 1349 tour. And, um, but, yeah, I mean if we could make it out east and share your backline and you guys could make it out west and share our backline you know, that would be I think really beneficial to, to both of us to do something like that. It would be, be pretty great. Yeah,
1: totally man. That, 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 that I think is the way to do it. I know that we've I know that there's been talk over the last, like, year of something like that, at least with me and Ron and maybe, like, uh, either you and Ron or Brooks and Ron have been talking about that. It's, or Max. it's been
0: uh, Max and Ron have been doing a lot of that. Uh, I've been a little bit more hands-off as far as the booking stuff uh, ever since we had Ron. Uh, and Max and Ron go way back, so they're kind of taking care of it, which, which has been nice to know have to deal with it because I booked that whole uh national tour that we did and that was a little pain so you
1: guys did the entire u.s like you all did yeah. the midwest and you know like montana
0: and all that stuff uh no we didn't play montana but it was, you know we did play a bunch of other places that we shouldn't have like st louis maybe uh <laughs> no we didn't play st louis either so that was that was good but, yeah you know, we played, like, yeah, I don't just so many
1: small places that were not good. On this last run, we we had the, uh, we drove all the way back from L.A., man, with, uh, straight. We, we just got the van, drove back, like, whatever, 48-something hours <laughs> or whatever, straight. Uh, no shows between L.A.? No, we had some, uh... There, there were some a couple of situations that arose that we had to we we had some stuff booked but we had to cancel. Actually, one of the shows fell through, but it was in Salt Lake City, which is uh, typically not the best,
0: uh, you know, place to play. Yeah, I played there a few times and it's never been that great.
1: We played there once with Wolves in the Throne Room and Pelican, and there was literally about forty people there, which you know. On my, on my own, if we were by ourselves, I would consider that a success. But on a package right. like that, that's kind of like, that's all the only, the, the total number of people who care about that kind of music were at the show. And that's kind of like, you know, kind of disappointing. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, but like, yeah, that, that was pretty uh, pretty ambitious doing an entire, entire U.S. like that.
0: Well, you know, uh, I think you've really got to do it. To, to learn and and now that I've done it, I can confidently say that that it, that it sucks without being like, oh, I don't want to do that, you guys, because uh, it might suck. You know, I can affirmatively say that it is a bad
1: idea. So on the last record, you guys work with Billy Anderson. Uh-huh. How how was that? Because he's got you know he obviously is you know worked with Neurosis with Buzz and uh, he's got right you know, the and you know,
0: Neurosis also is one of my favorite bands of all time. And, you know, getting to work, uh, getting to work with Billy was awesome. He's great. I'd really like to record with Billy again. If we can do the next one with Billy, that'd be great. I mean, and he's just awesome to be around. He's, he's freaking hilarious. The guy has a, has a joke for everything and it keeps the tension really light because recording can be really stressful. And, uh, he was always just keeping everything upbeat and funny and it's really cool to be around He's a smart, interesting dude. Um, that really uh, made the album happen too. Like he he pushed us pretty hard to get it done in the amount of time that we had and worked really long days and worked really hard and just just did a great job.
1: What I think is interesting about that record is that it it's um it still sounds like the other records, like the you know, the guitar tones and, and the atmosphere is there, but it's it's just like maybe a little bit tighter sounding yeah.
0: yeah, for sure well, I mean you know, the longer we play together, the tighter we get, but also uh, I think that the tones that Billy got are just way more too. I, I, you know, um, especially that second record, I think sounds really thin and hollow um Ritual, but uh, you know, it's just you know, when we're recording on a budget, it's just something that happens, and you know, all, all three of them sound good, they're all studio records. But I, I think that Billy really, really killed it making it sound like the drums just sound bigger and things like that, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like a deeper sort of sound to everything,
1: right? So, I gotta say, man, like. There's a lot of references in your lyrics and artwork to the occult. Is that something that you uh have like an active practice in?
0: Um, I guess that depends on what you mean by an active practice. I mean, I, I'm not like uh you know casting spells to make money or any shit like that. But I'm super interested in the occult. I'm drawn to the occult uh the, and, and it's not just the imagery, it's, uh, it's, it's the whole idea of it, I, I, I'm reading up on it, um, I'm really into the symbols and the meanings behind the, the symbols, and focusing your intent to a purpose, and, and manifesting these things, and, and I've experienced you know, them being true. And not always, you know. Obviously, but uh, I think that there is definitely something more than our, our everyday bullshit in and out of life. There's something that we've lost uh, through, you know, technology and especially through media and social media and these the, the connections uh, to our primordial selves, you know. Uh, being more connected to death, being more connected to the earth, uh, and having rituals and symbols to represent these ideas is very important, I think, to keep us in touch with what we really are and where we came from. And all this this other bullshit is, is just distraction to keep us to keep us down, to keep us slaves, to keep us working. Uh, that there's that there's something uh, there's something greater going on. That especially like the the lower class and the and the people who are you know the workers and the consumers are just kind of you know we're droned and we're stuck in this in this reality and uh, I feel like we're very uh, separated from why we're really here. You can even
1: go like one step further and say that agriculture might've been the culprit in separating us from, from, uh, you know, our primordial selves.
0: Well, that was one of the first things for sure. You know, that, that, that's where it started. I mean, maybe even before that, but with mining, you know, and that, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Cause you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, read a lot about study, you know, ancient civilizations and hunter-gatherer societies. And, uh right. You know, unlike, um, I think it was Malthus had this concept about uh, the hunter-gatherer living a short and brutal life. But um, as time goes on and more research is done, the, the opposite is actually found to be true, that the hunter-gatherer actually lived, like, a very, like, way less stress in his life. And had, you know... Way less stress. More free time to visit... You know, with his friends and family and travel, you know, in small groups, and actually had a better um, diet and was oh, absolutely. was absolutely more well-nourished prior yeah. to the advent of, um, of agriculture.
0: Yeah, well, and they were more in touch with the other side, too, you know, that they had, you know, like, like they, they had a just in the spirit world, <laughs> like, for sure. And, and that just you know was lost in industrialization it's for, it's like the, the movie
1: The Matrix that came out back in the 90s you know it oh, was, yeah it was like you know it, it seems that we're approaching that sort of existence with each year you know I mean
0: yeah you know for, the, you know have you read any uh, David Icke? David Icke is the reptilian. Yeah, the reptilian overlords. Uh, and
1: he also had. Yeah. Okay. I've read some some like excerpts yeah. of some of his books. I think we're in like the 40 Times or something like
0: that. Right. Yeah. I've only read excerpts and stuff too, and it's pretty far fetched and ridiculous, but at the same time, a lot of it makes sense when you, you know. Uh, and, and maybe they're not these reptiles in the government, but there's definitely role being pulled over our eyes and we're, and we're made like i definitely believe that we're buying into reality that real. you know i feel that every day especially you know when i'm when i'm going to work and i'm pulling this grind when everything else in me wants to be uh more in touch you know with the earth and and other people and not so focused on uh, earning and consuming I mean, actually, even
1: physically, um, you know, humans are are meant to be travelers. Like, we're we're meant to be walking miles a day and using our bodies and not, I mean, even sitting, sitting down at a computer all day long, um, it elongates your gluteus maximus muscles and creates all these, you know, hip flexor and lower back problems. I mean, we're meant to be... Right,
0: sitting at the new smoking. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, that's the buzz. That's, That's the catchphrase, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But that's where all the back problems come from in reality, you know? Totally. Just sitting down.
0: Um, I'm a construction worker, so I don't do a lot of sitting, but... Uh,
1: that's good and bad, I guess. <laughs> it's yeah. still bullshit. It's bullshit. That's good and bad, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, you know, the social media and, and, you know, cell phones and all this sort of stuff and this network of connection, it leads me to believe that maybe that sort of... Web is the beginning of like maybe some kind of other intelligence that we're just going to become cells inside of that new
0: organism. You're, you're exactly right, man. I, I think that it's already happening and it's already been happening. I feel like you know we're well beyond that the first stages in the beginning and, and and we're getting deeper into it. I mean, I, I watch people. You know, just sit there on that phone. And, and there's all the, the neck problems that everybody's having from looking down. You know, it's the same thing as sitting. People are constantly looking down now because they're on their mobile devices. Even myself, I can't remember stuff as well as I used to because my phone remembers it for me. You know, I've got my notepad. I've got my addresses. I've got my numbers. You know, when I was a kid, I had to remember all that stuff. Like, you know, where I was going. And, and now I, it's doing it for us. And we're losing
1: that too. Yeah, there's so literally there's literally three phone numbers I remember out of all the people. Like if I if you if you ask me someone who someone's number was, I, I most likely I would not be able to recall that number. Right. Exactly. Like if there was ever a situation where, you know, some kind of like disaster happened and I had to call someone on a pay phone, I probably wouldn't recall anybody. <laughs> Totally. How do you think uh, we would fare these days if there was uh, some kind of natural disaster and the grid went down and, uh, you know, we lost, you know, you you only got like what, like seven or eight hours of power on your mobile device. So what happens after that eight hours is up? Well, I feel
0: like some of us would fare a lot better than others. (laughs) You know, um, honestly, I, I, I don't know if that would necessarily be a bad thing uh, and kind of lead some people out. I, I feel like that there's too many of us causing too many problems. So maybe if a network did fall and there was some kind of a large-scale disaster, you know, the the end result might be positive. And uh, but yeah, I, I think a lot of people would fair really poorly without power and their mobile devices and the internet. Um, But, you know, we were alive before that, so hopefully guys like us will do a little bit better. And I know how to build things, so there's that. And I have a bunch of guns. Nice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, that also leads to this sort of cyclical nature of of life, too, because, um, you know, I don't know if you read up about you know Egypt and you know the fact that they've redated the Sphinx and all these things, and apparently, right. you know, there's there's ideas that we've actually the hum- humans have actually achieved like this level of society prior, you know, millions of years ago, and then mm-hmm. there was some sort of natural disaster that plunged us to the brink of extinction, and now it's been a slow, steady climb back to this phase. So maybe. Maybe, that's, maybe there is, a you know, some disaster waiting for us in the not-too-distant future that's going to plunge us back into darkness.
0: Totally. You know, the rise and the fall, you know, we, we always think that we're on the top, and we're always ready Just you know, the higher we go and the further we can fall. So, currently, what's going on with
1: Atriarch?
0: Um, well, right now, we're in a huge state of... Uh, there's some There's some big changes going on with us. And I think that our new material is going to be really different. Got some lineup changes. Um, and and uh, we're doing a tour um, this summer, just a West Coast tour with Sabbath Assembly in July. And I think... Uh, Not 100%, but hopefully Alaric will be on that. Oh, nice. Um, And then, you know, we'd like to do uh, hit the East Coast in the fall um, with you guys. Yeah. We're planning on recording late summer and hopefully having the record be out by the fall, you know. Um, So, you know, even though there is like a huge... uh, a lot of changes happening. We're still trying to push through and and do a tour and put out a record, and just kind of ride it out. The, uh I met
1: Shane actually in San Francisco when we were there just a couple of weeks ago. From uh, from Alaric, right? And he just like it was the, like we were, we were playing a the show there, and he just introduced himself, and I was just like, yeah, "I love you guys, like." <laughs> Yeah. you know big fan because yeah, it's like it's funny he's like I I, I you know really was um, you know totally into Dead and Gone like I saw them with Neurosis when they came when, when they toured I with saw them. that I saw that tour as well dude that yeah. was like it was uh Dead and Gone I Hate God Neurosis and right. I Hate God actually who I've never been a huge fan of um really were, that was like the best I'd ever seen them And I was like, man, like, Neurosis is next. I kind of almost forgot Neurosis was was playing, you know, sort of. I was so caught up in that moment. And then, like, when Neurosis played, it was, like, one of the most transcendental experiences I've had at a show. I like that. You know, and that was, like, I think that band, like, at their peak, you know, witnessing that. You know, that night, and, um, but, and, yeah, out. that's when I first heard Dead and Gone, and, um, I picked up their, uh, uh, the one that came out on Alternative Tentacles, um, that
0: record. Yeah. Uh, hate God Everyone But you. you. Yeah.
1: And yeah. then, uh, si- and ever since I got into that, it's like, they kept popping up, like, they're like, TV Baby, like, I heard that mm-hmm. one, um, in, in, like, this small town in Canada at this, like, record store, and I was like, it sounds like Dead and Gone, that band I just got into. And I talked to the kid there, and he's like, "Oh yeah, it's this this record here, this like CD." And I picked it up, but yeah, when when um when I heard Alaric, I was like, "Man, this sounds like the dude from Dead and Gone," and sure enough, it was. So yeah, I was like, totally like different, but the same. You know what I mean? Like you can, it's a it made sense. I think the yeah. transition. You know. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's kind of perfect. Yeah, there's like a little bit of a killing joke sort of vibe to some of it.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So you're saying the music's going to be a little different. Like, what's um? So like, what what sort of creative you know changes have you made in the band? Like, what's what does the new sound like? New sounds like?
0: Well, I mean, you, you'll just have to hear it. I guess it's it's hard to describe, uh. You know, music for me, and I, you know, I don't like to reference other bands. I, I will say that it's going to be darker and weirder and less metal. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if weird is the right word. It's going to be darker and less metal. Cool. Yeah. You know, and uh, maybe a little bit more atmospheric. And,
1: nice. Yeah. That's kind of more what I picked up on you guys anyhow. Um, you know, it's like when I listened to, when I, you know, first, there's there's some songs that definitely have, like, a metallic, like, vibe to them, but the things that, like, really stuck out about Atriarch were the, which was more the atmosphere uh, the vocals, the lyrics, the
0: sort of, um, you know, the tension in the music, I guess. The tension, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's always been kind of my focus and, and the parts that, that I really, you know, can get into and that, that I really like. And, and so, you know, we're, we're exploring that a little bit further and a little bit harder. And I, I kind of think... it it was hard for us to make a whole record like that so we'd throw in these parts that would just be like a riff you know, or like a metal part or something that uh, we're just not going to do that anymore. And, you know, we're we're to the point where we can make an entire record that's just uh, dark and atmospheric without having to, like, fall back on you know, any, uh, I don't know if cliché is the right word, but like genre-driven you know, sounds or, or riffs or, or parts just to, to fill space, you know? Not pick, I got what you're saying, right? There's
1: like certain tropes that like, you know... Yeah, are tropes, where, that,
0: that's a better word
1: for it, yeah. yeah. So, you know, where you know, you're playing this style of music so you, you feel compelled to add these parts that have certain, you know, structures to them, you know, just to kind of tie things together, yeah. Exactly. No, it's exciting, man. Because that's um, you know, like I was saying earlier, that that's what drew me to the band originally was probably the things that you're going to be um, you know, sort of focusing on, like those things yeah. that are going to be featured. Yeah, that's
0: definitely going to be the focus of the next record. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. These things that are
1: going to you know, come more of the front and center, you know, feature of what you guys are doing. Yeah. So uh, is that going to be back with 7th Rule or, you know, the no, release No, it's
0: still it? Relapse. Oh, cool. They decide uh, they don't like
1: working with us anymore. Right on, man. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we signed, we signed a three-album deal. Because I heard some stuff. I heard not from anyone in the band, but I, 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 you know, someone told me that, I mean, I don't know, I mean, just that you guys weren't working with the, with the label anymore.
0: No, no, we're still working with them.
1: That's a good thing, I think.
0: yeah you know that that's 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 interesting and, and cool i guess that people are talking about us and speculating about us but uh, no we're definitely still a
1: lab. cool that's good because um you know they they definitely do a good job of getting you know promoting and yeah absolutely you know, you know they they're they're a legit record company you know absolutely and i'm sure just like you, you we've had experiences with um well meaning but maybe less legitimate record companies over the years.
0: Right, we've, we've been really lucky with, you know, Seven Pool and then Proton Moore. And, uh, my, my last band, Trees, you know, uh, we got to work with uh, Crucial Blast and 20 bucks Band. Oh, you're you were in Trees. I've had a lot of really good luck uh, with labels and stuff. I have that
1: record actually. Um, it's in uh, it's in my distro that I used to run oh, back, cool. back in the old days, and um, but yeah, I have that it's like in my iTunes and everything right now. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize you were in that band though.
0: That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I was I sang in that band. Huh, that's neat to revisit those those recordings. Cool.
1: So this other band, uh, Baron Harvest, that you're doing this other project. Uh huh. So what, what's that all about? Like I fade played me some of that stuff on a, on one of these long drives that we had and it's uh excellent driving music by the way
0: right I bet um that's just me and Jessica from Warner Roboros and uh you know we were just talking about music and realizing uh how much we had in common on the more kind of mellow side of things talking about you know Soul Invictus and Dancing Dance and you know bands like that and uh I just decided to, you know, go down and play with her. And we wrote like, I think we wrote like three or four songs the first time we played together in one weekend. And that's just kind of how we've been doing it is we'll just, i fly down or, or she'll drive up or something and, and we'll just hang out for a weekend and write some songs. And, uh, you know, people have just liked it and been putting it out for us. We have, all these really beautiful releases on these really cool labels, and uh, we've only played one show, two shows. Um, so you know, it's it's been kind of a blessing. You know, we we just have this easy time playing together and just write stuff in our bedrooms, and uh, we have these cool labels putting it out and distributing for us. It's really nice. How many releases do you guys have? Um, we just have the two, but they're like, it's that triple seven inch, um, on Black Horizons and then Handmade Birds put out, uh, the full length, uh, on CD and vinyl. So. okay. Yeah. So it's like a few different forms of, uh, the same set of songs. So now as far as like, uh, like the actual,
1: you know, instruments, like who, who is doing what? Like on the records, on the recordings, or are you guys all just sort of doing different things at different yeah, times? Yeah, we
0: all sort of do everything. Um, all the guitar stuff um, is Jessica, but then all the electronics is both of us, and the vocals are obviously both of us. Like all the synths and stuff is, is both of us. Um, but all the all the like auto harp or twelve string or like any any like kind of guitar string instrument is her. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because I, I heard um, what I was listening to was just on, like, an iPod, so I wasn't sure what, right. what releases I was listening to. And there's only been two live shows. One of them was out here in Brooklyn, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, Fade was, like, telling me about it, but I was I was actually at my parents' house that weekend. And, uh, right, yeah,
0: I remember uh, he was trying to get you guys down. I met Charlie that weekend. That Charlie? There.
1: Charlie's yeah he's a great guy man actually the um the whole like po- the reason how those guys ended up in the band is like we were all doing this like side project together and uh, you know that was sort of you know we were writing songs there was like some other people involved and um, just kind of was like you know it was it wasn't really I don't think it was too many cooks in the kitchen you know what I'm trying to say and yeah. um, and I think that coincidentally our drummer was was uh, wasn't able to continue playing with us and i just right. asked, I just just asked charlie to join the band and then Fade followed afterwards like we literally we were out on tour and i was like always always wanted to have a guy who was proficient at electronics in the band because like I, I can't do that shit i've tried to do it live, and, like, have tried all these different methods of having, you know, ambient stuff incorporated into the set, and have had varying degrees of success, and then we, I was just, what do you think about Fate? Do you think he would do this? And we just asked him, and he's just, you know how understated he is, he's just like, yeah, okay. (laughs) And then we went on a European tour together. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know. It was cool, man. That's it's, awesome. Yeah, it's just really cool, like having having, a, what I consider someone as an expert at that stuff in the band, you know.
0: Oh, he is. He's he's truly an expert with with, you know, that Static Bloom stuff, and then and then what he did in Batillus, and and now this. Yeah, it's awesome. Cool. Well, um well thanks for,
1: uh, for, you know, taking the time out, man. We've been trying to get this uh, conversation together for a few months now.
0: Yeah, man, totally. I'm, I'm glad we got to do it. You know,
1: and let's, let's definitely stay in touch about, um, you know, future East Coast tour plans or, you know, we'll figure something out. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Out. I, I look forward to that. I would love
1: to. Alright, Lenny. Have a good night, man. Alright,
0: cool. Good night, Mike. Take care.